Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Would I kill my own baby to save a village? Would I go back in time and kill Hitler? Would I take the promotion at work with strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? The Big Ones! Hi everyone and welcome to The Big Ones! Each week we discuss new ethical questions ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The questions can be complicated to discuss, but they're always fun to talk about because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will, Will you, you like, like what you see, Jesse Ennis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking mm-hmm. to the mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, here's the thing, Jesse, you don't know about this. I had bronchitis for like two weeks. We're on th- week three of now everything's coming up. The listeners... Everything's coming, coming up, bronchitis. <laughs> um, the listeners are scared of my voice. They think that this is, that I'm odd now, that I'm not trustworthy, <gasps> that even that maybe someone is playing me. Are, have they been writing in about that? Yeah, there's yes. conspiracy theories that people You guys, think. it sounds like you're very successful. We're, we, people uh, write in. Uh, there's a few. There's a few. There are, there are, we have about 400 listeners and um, uh, about 10 of them write in. I think once you have conspiracy theories, you're very, very successful. Yeah. Well, there's big ones. There's ones. There's there's. Uh, they think right now that I'm typing on a computer, and then someone else is reading these words right now. I can say that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so th- again, my voice is getting better. Is it not, Amanda? I actually think even from earlier today to right now, it, it, you sound more like yourself. Or maybe I'm just adjusting to the new you. <laughs> I don't know. It's it just give me some time. But, I, you know, you guys are going to get over, over you. I'm going to get over it. You guys are going to get over it. And it's not to worry about. Be worried about. This is a non-sponsored post. But do you know about my pure mist? No. It's really nice. It's like a personal humidifier. And it's this little bottle type of thing uh-huh. and it heats up and it has like a little mouthpiece that goes well over i got one of those oh yeah so you do know but but it's like vix it's like it's it i'm it, sorry you have a mouthpiece that goes over your it's a it's like a mask that you put over and it's it, it pumps heats, hot air into yeah. your body whoa it's great and you wear it at night or just relaxing you in just front do of it the... for like 30 minutes in front of yeah. gossip girl or something exactly oh yeah so nice but i'll tell you i did it the day before so i'll just give a, a short story about what's going on with me I got for the first time in years. I got a speaking part on a television show because usually, Not to brag. because usually I, I on drug history, I, I never speak, right? But you're st- <laughs> you're a star. Thank you. I love everything you do Thank on the show. Thank you. I've actually always been jealous of your job on <laughs> that show. You've said that before, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. You should know. I email or text Derek like every couple months, begging him to let me do another thing, and he's always like, "Yeah, at some point." Oh, I mean, gosh. I love you, Derek. Derek, you never let me on. down. Never let me down. Derek, come on. 
Um, so most of my life is spent not talking, right? Yeah. On screen. I get one job where I have to talk and I get bronchitis three days before. There you go. Now, I got that Mr. Thing. I was doing things that no person should ever do within a 24-hour period. I was I was misting. I was humidifying. I was salining. I was mm-hmm. chicken souping. I was literally like hacking up in order to be able to have a voice. I didn't have a voice. Oh, my God. And I didn't want to tell anybody that I didn't have a voice. <laughs> did you? Did it ever cross your mind that you might have to cancel and like pull out of this job? It just, it didn't, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It wasn't an option because I, I needed, I needed the job. And this is the first time pe- someone had wanted me to talk for money in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, our Patreon subscribers, we do get yes. paid a little bit to talk. So yes, that's but true. you mean with your face involved. But I guess this is a little bit of a moral dilemma because if you know you can't do the job 100% should you still take right. the job yes because it's not yes yes so but let me tell you something I <laughs> I so I woke up the morning I was supposed to I was going on set and I I didn't have a vo- like my vocal cords like were not there like I was talking like this like I couldn't get stuff out and and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do I went I didn't tell anyone anything no one said a word and when it was time for my line i literally i what i could do is i could hack for like a minute outside and have like five minutes where my voice would be clear mm-hmm. i've never been more terrified in my life oh my because God. every time i was about to say my line oh. this is for a network show where you like thought you were people, gonna cough not cough i thought i was it wasn't gonna come out oh, oh my god so i was i it was the most terrifying experience of my life no one said anything, but I can't imagine they didn't think like what's wrong with her voice. But I got through the line. Okay, and we're gonna be able to watch this. Yes, and I'm gonna yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sound like Scarlett Johansson. I'm gonna be like, "Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> Can we have a viewing party?" <laughs> yeah, but they'll have me come in and do like ADR if I'm. Uh, uh, oh my god, that's such a good point. Of course, you can just ADR, but still, like going in. Oh, I can't. Uh, uh. I've done that twice now, but with once with a, I had a horrible cough and I uh-huh. could barely speak, but it was like episode six of a show I had done. Uh-huh. And I remember like, I would like brace myself during other people's lines because I didn't want to cough over their lines yeah. and ruin the whole thing. But I would be like, okay, we'll probably just not get my line in this take, <laughs> but I should just be a good scene partner to everyone else here. Right. And then at one point, the showrunner came in and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I'm just trying not to cough. So sometimes I think we might just have to do like pickups of some of my lines because uh-huh. I can't get through it and not cough and still be in the moment. Yeah. And he was like, oh, OK. Like something he immediately calmed down. He was like, oh, so you're not crazy. You just you're, you're just coughing. <laughs> I know. Maybe I should have said something. Ma- maybe. I don't know. But if you did it, you did it. You know? I did it. It's just and no one I didn't audition for the part. So no one knew what my voice sounded like. There were they go. nice? Like, what were they nice to you? Yeah, no one. I don't know if they thought I, I don't know what they thought. I, I don't know what they thought. They may have thought I was a little off my rocker. And that I didn't and that I if I was on the other side of me, I would go, why is this girl an actress if she can't speak? <laughs> like, <laughs> like if she hasn't told us she's she's obviously not sick because she would have told us that. So she can't she doesn't have a voice. But but you you did have a voice. You were you pulled it off. 
I had a voice when I had, when I, when I, it was anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, that's very interesting. Jesse. Yes. Jessie. You guys know Jesse from the house. You guys know Jesse from, uh, you've been in, so you're in like everything. You know, when we were doing neighbors too, they were Jessie always talking about you. <laughs> they were. Shook her head. Yes, they no. were always talking I'm not about you. I can tell you a list of things I'm not in. Um, <laughs> long list. They were talking about you. What were they saying? There was like multiple things where like they wanted you for parts. Oh, that feels nice. It's good to be wanted. Isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. good to be wanted and not know until a couple of years later. <laughs> so you don't yeah. get a big head. <laughs> I wrote jokes for that movie. And then when we were done with like, you were there with, yeah. the, with the round table. They, at one point they said, so, hey, you guys like got any ideas for who we could cast in this? And I was like, me. Yeah. And well, they, everyone kind of looked at me and they were like, <laughs> yeah, sure. You can pitch yourself. And I was like, no, I am. They talk well. They, they took that very seriously. I think. Anyway, we're so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Also nervous, but mainly excited, which I've been told is the same chemical reaction in is your it? body. Yeah. So usually when I'm nervous, I try to trick myself into saying I'm just I'm really just excited. excited. Just excited. That's really smart. It doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Jesse, do you have? I know we kind of touched on this earlier before we hopped on mics, but do you have a little big one you want to discuss on All the right. pod? I was trying to think about this in the car and I came up with some that are a little too dark, but I think the the one that resonates the most is whether or not it's acceptable to have children in this day and age because your kids are going to grow up in a in a fire pit probably. And you're like global warming. Global you're warming. Literally a fire pit. Yeah, I'm mainly concerned about global warming and like the footprint that I'm already leaving behind and I then know. I'm going to create another person who has to have that guilt. Right, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're. It is good you're thinking about this. It's just good. a simple ten years ahead of time. <laughs> um, I mean, things. It really is heating up, and the weather is getting more extreme. It is really scary. But they're telling us if if we can get someone new in the White House, that we can turn things around in time. That's what they're saying. Wow. In time for who? I don't know. Yeah. In time for know. my life or in time for my grandchild's life? I mean, I think they, they say things aren't going to, if we can like really watch what we're doing now, then it's not going to get um, to the point where we're all going to die. Well, we are <laughs> going to have to live on Mars at some point. And if we can all just accept that and understand that we are going to have to look upward and beam ourselves away, that the earth will not always be here. Well, this is the thing, though. It's like, what if I'm 75% sure that my child will solve global warming? How? Well, hey just now. from the time they're born, I will give them all the literature. I will say, make and sure. And you're 75% sure. I think I could, you know, give nurture them all versus. The literature. <laughs> Why your kid? So they can educate themselves. Um, I'm just saying, like, as a way to justify having a child. Is like, what if you just like make your kid like become this science prodigy? That, <laughs> that little girl from New Zealand. I'm sure her parents yes, are like, we what? did a good thing. What little girl? Oh, she gives me so much she, hope. She makes me cry girl. every week. So do you remember, I'll Google what her what her name was, um, but she's just this climate change, cha- uh, climate activist. And she uh, is just this child who basically is, is just I think she's like 11 or 12. She's truly a child. Uh-huh. We're not... We're not being rude. She's no. Yeah, no, no, she's a child. <laughs> um, well, and she did this kind of iconic speech. Um, let me see. 
if I can find her. Greta Thunberg. There we go. Okay. Um, Thunberg, Thunberg. I don't know. But anyway, she's an activist. And um, she's doing great work out there. So if you guys want to Google her, she's really amazing. So and yeah, she's going all over the world. Oh, on a like, plane? Talking. Well, right. <laughs> that's the hardest thing for me. Is, what? Like, she got a plane? She got a plane? How much fuel does that use? Well, that's the thing. Traveling is actually really bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I worked with Ed Begley Jr. in uh, Albuquerque on Better Call Saul. And he was doing the math about how much... Uh, fuel it took to get a plane from Los Angeles to Albuquerque. And he was like, you know, on a lot of these Southwest flights, every seat isn't sold out. So we're not even dividing it by the right amount of people. And so he was getting like really stressed out thinking every time I got on a plane, there are all these other people in the plane that are seats in the plane that aren't filled with people and think about how much fuel that we're burning. And then he started figuring out whether or not he could drive his uh, leaf. He had one of those leaf uh-huh. cars. How if he could drive his leaf from LA to Albuquerque and still make it in time, and how much fuel that would cost? And he was like really, really freaking out about it. And then when we would get done with work, he'd be like, "Hey, uh, would you mind if we shared a car back to the hotel? Wow. And hey, would you mind if tomorrow when we leave for the airport, if my car comes and picks you up before we go to the airport, so that we don't have two different cars?" And I was like, "This guy's." You guys got it going on. Get yeah. obsessive about it. Like I've just been um, a little bit obsessive about my plastic use Me lately. Too. It's just as of- Amanda looks down at my plastic with my straw. She mm. said. I saw what you did, Amanda, and it was the most judgmental thing. I said, me too. And her eyes looked down at my straw and plastic cup. And then you continued to talk. You're projecting. But I know. But I've been recycling everything plastic. Well, this is the thing. Recycling doesn't matter anymore. Because what do you mean? The, I, for years, Amanda well, goes, no, recycle, recycle, this is recycle, new. recycle. This is new. And now this is I ho- finally recycle and Amanda says it's not worth it. Forget it. No, I'm literally telling you this has been in the news lately because normally we, we ship all our recycling to overseas to Asia and Asia says we don't want your recycling anymore. So now our recycling is just ex- ending up in landfills. So I'm literally saying that recycling no. isn't doing enough well, anymore. What do we do? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. But this is the other thing, because I think about this a lot, too, about like having kids, not just, you know, the environment and global warming, but like the political climate. Like Mm -hmm. it does feel to me like something is happening that's really scary out there. And do I want to have a kid like this? Although I do think there's something to be said for a lot of people. Like if you were born in the 60s, you probably thought the same thing. Um, But then... You weren't thinking anything. In this. You were just like, yeah, yeah we got a bunch of kids. <laughs> but, um, Throw them in the van. But recently, <laughs> there's all these studies coming out that, um, that the population is low and that they want people to have kids. Who? What What studies? population is low? The American population, the birth rate is really low um, oh. across, I think, globally. I think uh, what I think is if you've got a good head on your shoulders and you've got a good like you want to you want to have offspring if like you're a good person right like and to think like well i shouldn't and i'll let all these other people do it it's like that's more scarier to me because it's like the people that are like whatever let's just have kids Right, right then it's like if that's what all the population is gonna be and then all this the people that are like oh I should think about this and I care about raising my child. I care about the yeah. money. I care about if I'm working and blah. like all of these thoughts that give you anxiety about having kids are going to make you 
have better offspring than the right. people. Well, we need to have kids so that our kids can fight the other people's kids when the Civil War happens. There you yes. go. Um, but have I have a whole world full of ding-dongs if I don't have <laughs> yeah, a kid. Yeah, exactly. I well, I just want to see, um, cite this article from CNN.com that says U.S. fertility rate falls to all-time low, according to the CDC. So apparently the 2018 general fertility rate fell to another all-time low for the United States. Um the report found that the general fertility rate dropped 2% between 2017 and 2018 among girls and women aged 15 to 44 uh, nationwide. So I think it's a lot of people are feeling what you're feeling. Great. <laughs> I think I think that it's you shouldn't you shouldn't you can worry about it. But I don't think I don't think I think that having love in your life is more important than anything in the world. Girl. I don't know. It is hard though, because then you think <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> because then you think, well, maybe your kids will be okay. But then what about their kids? Well, and but at you some can't point- think like you can't think that. You have to just think like whatever. You know what? This is life, and I want to bring in someone into this world that can have morals and values and and treat people with respect and love. And you know, there's going to be bad things that happen in their lifetime, of course. But that's all part of being alive. My mom said something so dark the night that Trump was elected. I uh, I saw her uh, the next morning. She was crying. I slept at her house that night, n- not to brag. And uh, <laughs> I I remember I woke up in the middle of the night because I thought something. I I thought a cat was dying or something. It was my mom weeping. She was like audibly weeping. I could hear it through the whole house. And then in the morning she came out to the living room and she was still crying. And she said, "I'm so sorry. I thought I was going to give you a better world." Oh, and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, that is sad. That's sad, but also, it's, you know, there's more to life than just a politician. Not to my mom. <laughs> I mean, it's really, I mean, it's, she loves sunglasses too. <laughs> she does? Oh, she's got like a big thing for eyeglasses, not only really? sunglasses. They yeah. are fun. Does she collect them? Or? She has like different colors and fun shapes and. Like her, the, her favorite compliment is when people go, "I love your frames," and she's like, "Thanks." Oh, wow! And then she'll talk to you for hours about frames. Well, that's some gives me hope. That's something to live for. <laughs> honestly, a hobby. Yeah, that and farmers markets. She also loves oh. a good farmers market. So are you from LA? Yeah, I grew up out here, oh, okay, and she cool. worked at the farmers market for like a t- big chunk of my life. What part of LA? I we moved out here and I lived in Los Feliz until I was thirteen and then we moved to Silver Lake until it got too cool. Wow! So you're cool like a um, you're like a what's that movie with um, Julianne Moore? Um, the kids are all right. You're like those kinds of kids, like East Side kids. Yeah, but I don't remember. I feel like those kids were monsters, weren't they? Uh, no, they, no, they, they, they were, were all right. They were, they were all curious. right. Yeah, they were all right. <laughs> But they were curious kids, but they lived up in the, like, Silver Lake Hills. Yeah. Very That's where cool. I lived. Yeah. Okay. But it was not, like, a safe, cool area at the time. Oh. I mean, it was kind of, it was, like, artsy, but it yes, was, that's like, what it. that's what it showed in the movie as yeah. well. Yeah. So are most of your friends from L.A. too, like, people you grew up with? Yeah. I mean, the people I grew up with are from L.A. I'm not <laughs> still friends with all of them. Mm. Wow. I got a couple friends who grew yeah. up out here. Yeah. But yeah, it's always funny when people say like, wow, you never meet someone who grew up in L.A. And I'm like, I met a, I met a lot of them. <laughs> I know. You've got three at this table right here. There we go. Well, Long Beach, but it Amanda, is Amanda, here, she is going wild today. If I were to say Amanda's not from L.A., I am from L.A. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to say L.A. People assume I'm from like, you know, the Pacific Palisades or something. I just want to clarify I'm from Long Beach. Which is in L.A. County. Yeah, but it, you, a lot of people don't consider it L.A. 
I mean, staring Jessie, at Jesse. Do you have what's your strong opinion <laughs> on the matter? I didn't have any strong opinions until freshman year of college when we were told in a like a auditorium full of the freshman class that two thirds of our class were from California. And then, oh my god! And we were in New York, and everyone started like quizzing each other about where they were from. Uh-huh. And people would say, "I'm from LA," and then they'd be like, "What part of LA? Oxnard?" And we'd be like, "That's." California you should just call that California or like uh because is Oxnard LA County I have no idea I just remember like I'm look guys I'm nice okay yeah I went to school with a lot of mean people and Uh I witnessed a lot of conversations in which I I got I got credit for being from where the area I was from and Uh I don't want to talk about this you guys no that makes sense I'm just saying that I don't I know Jesse's from LA and then I didn't want some of her friends listening to the podcast and going, hey, that girl Amanda's from L.A. And then Googling me and being like, oh, Long Beach. Yeah, you know? I don't have those friends. I promise. Yeah. Those, those are the ones I'm not no, friends no, with anymore. You don't seem like you do. No, but where, I'd be. I where are have you those from? friends. Pacific Palisades. Where'd you go to high school? Marymount. Oh, girl, we played each other in swimming. Where did you go? Crossroads. I'm sorry. I know. I, I I was just I was back because I was like, what grade were you in? Because I didn't do swimming, but my friend Catherine did swimming. What year did you graduate? Um, 2004. I graduated in 2009. So we didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't there play was Catherine. no. There was no. But then you're at Crossroads. You'd go all the way to Crossroads from Silver Yeah. Lake? So I went to this. Um, Crossroads, fr- for those of you who don't know, is a very hip school um, in Santa Monica uh, where a lot of kids go that, you know, make it big. Or their parents have already made it big. Exactly. And Jeremy Connor, who did directed Ghost Girls, is an alum. Um, Simon Helberg, um, Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Ennis. Hey. Okay, so go ahead. I just wanted, be- I wanted people to have a visual. I'm trying to remember the name. Gary, is Gary Coleman the name I'm thinking of? The kid who was on that sitcom. Yeah. What, what you're talking about, Willis? Yeah. Yeah, He he's an alum too. Okay. There's a famous story about the science teacher that I had. He was in class and he uh, fell asleep. Gary uh-huh. Coleman fell asleep in science class. And the teacher woke him up and he said, oh, sorry. He said, it's okay. I fall asleep during your show too. Ooh. Cool Burn. science teacher. Cool guy. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I went to this French school for elementary school that my mom found. Be- lycée. Le lycée international de Los Angeles. Oh my Ooh. God. So do you, are you fluent in French? No, but I could, I can fake it pretty well. And I can yeah. understand, like I, I'll watch a French movie without subtitles. Oh, oh my God, that's hot. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But then like if, <laughs> whenever I get stuck in a conversation in French, I start sweating profusely and I'm like, oh God, when are they going to find out that these are the seven phrases I can say really confidently? Got it. Uh, but yeah, we were, we had moved out here from Boston. My mom hated LA for like eight years. And there was a day where, well, I had chicken pox really bad as a kid. And I, she was taking me home from the doctor and she's also a really young mom. So she was having this like full blown panic attack. Like, what have I done? And did I just, or have I already ruined this child? And she has chicken pox and she got cut <laughs> off in traffic and, uh, like something just switched in her and so she started following the person who cut her off in traffic and they pulled up the street where Lise is and uh she it's like up a hill on this like pretty mountain uh in culver city right no the one in los Feliz. oh it's underneath the shakespeare bridge 
Oh. Um, and yeah, she pulled in and then she was like, what is this place? And the person was like, have you been following me? And she was like, never mind. Where am I? And they're like, it's a French school. And my mom was like, I did a semester abroad in Paris. And then she signed me up right then and there. Wow. Fun mom. So I started going to French school. I went there for six years. It was kind of like being in 300 blows. 300 blows? 400 blows? 400. 400 I blows? think 300 was the prequel. There we go. <laughs> and like, like the teachers were incredibly mean to children and and i didn't really like uh express that to my parents until fifth grade where i was like this guy's really on the next level and my mom got involved and then she was like oh wow this whole school i mean i'm sure it's different now but at the time i've been told it's different i have a friend who has kids there but at the time it was really dark and so she was like we're getting you out of here and we applied to 12 middle schools and i went on like a full-blown like tour of los angeles middle schools and did this like long process of interviewing for all these Uh schools and a lot of them were pretty uh intense they weren't my vibe and then crossroads i was like wow you go on camping trips and there's an arts class and that's so cool yeah and they teach council you go into like a council once a week and do native american council and talk about your feelings and figure out how to meditate i mean mediate problems it was cool i was i was excited about that and then when i got in i remember i like ran out of class and ran around the school at least say for a while and then that french teacher took my mom aside and said uh you know i'm uh, very worried about jesse going to crossroads because um it's very druggy and she will be a drug addict oh my god and my mom was like bro <laughs> bro bye <laughs> we're wow. out oh my god yeah he was right no he's not right. <laughs> Every school is a drug school. Yeah, yeah. well, La Salle certainly was, but you guys wouldn't know about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I ended up carpooling from Los Feliz to Santa Monica every day. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a big time. Yeah. It was like an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 But my carpools were, were pretty cool because, I mean, as we mentioned before, a lot of the kids I went to school with had like famous parents. Okay, let's hear. So uh, the only people that were in our area. Wait a minute. Can I name? Can I say Can I say who I think you, you went guess, to school yeah. with? Amanda. Okay, I'm going to say someone then you say one, Amanda. Okay. Well, I have no, I don't this know. This is their parents. Guess for the parents. Bruce Willis. No. Didn't go to our school. Um, um, Kevin Bacon. No. Also wasn't a parent at my school. So go younger younger than kevin bacon girl go older go older older than kevin bacon okay well now i'm stumped um walter mathow one person you're never gonna guess he's a producer the other one is a very successful director you could guess ron howard more successful oh steven spielberg Mm, more successful than steven spielberg i wouldn't say well it depends on who you're asking like some people don't like steven spielberg who my mom (laughs) (laughs) um Martin Scorsese. David Lynch. Whoa. Wow. And my dad was like a struggling actor. And yeah. he would pull up to David Lynch's house every morning and get this really sweet kid, Riley, in his car. And my dad was always like, how's your dad doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> did like, he ever give him a part? He did. He's in the reboot of um, of Twin Peaks. He's like the then guy in the, worked, in the casino. it all worked out. There you go. Yeah. So final thoughts about having children. I say go for it. Final thoughts are that I'm selfish and I know I'm going to do it. I just have a lot yeah. of guilt about do, knowing do you that. know that you want children? I feel, 
like I've already committed to it in some ways. Like I'm getting married and uh-huh. the guy I'm getting married to definitely wants to have a kid. And I like was able to negotiate like maybe one. Yeah. I said, I think I'm down for one pregnancy. So if it's twins, that'd be great. Yeah. And if it's one, then I hope it's the one you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. And also congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> Amanda, how about you? Um, I, I'm down to have a kid, I guess, but I do understand the, this is something that I dealt with a lot, but then I come to terms with it. And I also think that hopefully we'll get new and someone in the white house who is going to, um, get, you know, our carbon emissions under control. Well, I think it's going to be your son or daughter of what you're <laughs> oh, talking about. Oh, you'll about. definitely be a science genius. My kid? Because <laughs> of all the materials you'll give them to read. Yeah. Just every night, I'm going to just like read them the literature. And just hope oh, that connecting some dots and like yes. even in the in the womb. Yes. You know, so just give them the tools. Yes. Let to- them build the house. <laughs> 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 All right. Our, well, first, um, uh, we're going to do something where we that's very important. And we need oh, yes. to ask for um, we need to ask a favor from our listeners. Yeah, so please this is like and subscribe. Oh my God. girl, you got it. You and got it. if you're a Patreon subscriber, we love you so much. That's oh, Jesse. Right. Music to my ears. So yeah, subscribe right now. You don't understand how important it is to subscribe. If you think I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> it is so important. It's almost scary. Subscribe if you haven't. Rate and review. So important. Oh, Amanda, do you have a, a review that you want to read? Um, I'll read a review. Yeah, I, I just got a really shocking email from who to the big ones account. From who? Okay, can I read this to you guys? Please. Wow, incredible profile, and you are stunning, gorgeous. <laughs> actually, I saw your profile, and it caused an unusual impact. I am single, handsome man here, and I'm interested in your profile. You have such a beautiful profile. Have you found your lover? If you are still, I would like to know more about you. What motivates you? What makes your heart leap with passion, love, joy? I find your intelligence and adventurous spirit very exciting. Your profile drew me in and captivated me. Mine seems so barren compared to yours. Okay, this is long. I'm looking for a woman who wants to take the time to get to know me through email correspondence and an open sharing of the head and heart first through email and then negotiating a meeting in person if we both remain interested. I am ready, willing, and able to venture forth on a journey that will leave the past behind while preserving the best memories and forgiving the ones that were hurtful and unusually and unintentional. This is getting so deep. (laughs) I live life one day, one hour, one moment at a time. I want and need the healing power of love physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I live as if time were on fire, and I believe that every day of the right relationship should be treated like the first day of our honeymoon. I I want to share... I want to share what I have with one special man who will appreciate that I have a deep capacity to love and that needs to be fulfilled and filled, fulfilled and filled. We can't keep it unless we give it away. I am writing these thoughts as the flow into my head and my sense is that they are coming directly from my heart. I am feeling very peaceful now and this seems like the appropriate place to stop. If for some reason we, we happen not to be right for each other, I wish you the best in your search. I wish you continued passion and an exciting lover to keep your fires burning. I appreciate and admire your intensity. Hope to hear from you soon. You can contact me on my hangout email. And then he sent. Oh my God. What is this? <laughs> Kurt Mason 74 at gmail.com. They're full on headshots. Should I, should I 
You yes, know him, go to say? him, girl. He loves you. He loves your profile. <laughs> he loves your profile. What profile? That is the best. That is the best. <laughs> okay, wow. That I just checked my email to get the big one out, and that popped up, and it's really shocking. This is um, just a quick review because people, people, if you write reviews, then they might get right on the air. The biggest ones is from Brad Gross. These two dynamic, these two's dynamic is wonderful. Their guests are consistently well selected, and the laid back, funny approach to lofty ethical dilemmas is a constant soothing reminder to slow down and take. Th- and not take things so seriously. That's right. And then another one says a treasure. It's from Number Plum Lumber. Marie and Amanda are hilarious and have great guests. This podcast hey. Hey taught guys. me how to live right. So you guys, thank you so much. And then it's subscribe to our Patreon. Okay, now we're going to take a quick break. Bye. Bye. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, we're back. Hi, we're back. (laughs) All right, okay. are we ready for the big, big one? Yeah. Okay, and this is coming in from a listener from Brad Hill. Ooh. Okay, so you are a highly skilled NYPD police officer that is taken for granted around the precinct. After a hazy day of cordial interactions and business-related meetings with a mysterious man, he hands you a business card with an address and tells you to meet him bright and early. When you arrive, you're put through testing and training by a secretive agency. You succeed and are just what they're looking for. It's revealed to you that the agency monitors and tracks alien life on planet Earth. You believe this is a joke until you actually see the aliens loitering around the training facility. At this point, you're offered a position at the agency. You're confident you'll be a great fit and it will put your skills to use, as well as open your eyes to the universe's secrets. The catch is that you will have to sever every human contact in your life. Nobody will ever know you exist, ever. That's a line from the movie. You would only be addressed as Agent M, Agent A, or Agent J from this moment on. If you turn down the job, your knowledge of the agency and alien life will be erased from your memory, and you will go back to your job that leaves you unfulfilled. Would you take this dream job that also provides you the secrets of the universe and unknown life in exchange for losing your identity and severing all relationships yes of course you can still find camaraderie with the other members of the men in black here come the men in black okay one more round <laughs> Okay, guys, so obviously that's from the wonderful film Men in Black starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. I have seen this movie. I did not recognize it the entire way through there until really? you said Men in Black. No clue. That being said, I did, I think I watched the movie when I was seven or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, 
I don't remember that that was a big part of it. They had to sever all of their relationships with everyone. Well, do you remember the little stick they had with the light in it where if they put it up to your face that you'd forget everything? It was like a memory stick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they wipe you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they have that thing. So if you ever know anything and you're not part of the men in black, then they wipe your memory of all things having to do with aliens. Mm. This is a tough one. I mean, we have to, uh, I think what we have to do for for this is make it our lives, our relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah, each individually. So off the bat, what are we thinking? Do you trade your relationships for the knowledge and the job? I mean, honestly, no. That's how, I'd be, I'm not a police person. I'm not interested in law enforcement. I don't want to meet aliens. So. But it's like knowing the secret of the universe, knowing the secrets of life, having the intel to like know all all life's questions, basically. By yourself. No, you've got a whole men in black team. Yeah, they're just not my people. Like, I just don't think I would. You not, Tommy Lee Jones isn't your person? Well, sure. Sure. Okay, fine. I'll do it if you want. <laughs> She's in. I, <laughs> you passed the test. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad, I guess, but no, I don't want to do it. That's fair. If it's truly my life, like I don't want to go hang out with the aliens. I'm sorry, guys. I'll watch it in a movie. Okay, well, uh, maybe we have to maybe I was wrong to say it's our life. Maybe we have to complicate it by saying it's not our life. It's like a less great version of our lives. Yeah, you're a cop and you don't have a lot of people in your yeah. life. Yeah. Then so, I'll do it. Then you would do it? Yeah, if I was a cop and I was miserable. But sure. what if you have like like a wife or something? I don't like wives so we're good (laughs) well what is something that would you ever give up knowing people your life now knowing who you know now for something for for something else yeah i probably would and what do you think that would be like to to get to be a theater actor in london (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you girl i would be like really me see ya really yeah. yeah that's the dream for me yeah no one cares no one's like excited for, about that for me yeah <laughs> interesting like i could see if i were chosen to go on some mission to like save the world which is basically what this is right yeah like, defending the galaxy oh shit you know what's so hard about this is you get this knowledge they give it to you your brain is like expanded you get the secrets of the universe mm-hmm. which is like sacred it's crazy and then you have to choose to give that up that would be really hard but a wise man, Jim Morrison, once said, mm. if ignorance is bliss, then wipe the smile off my face. I have so many questions right now. <laughs> I, I'm not positive if Jim Morrison said I've that. never, I would, if someone would have said, I'll give you a million dollars if Amanda, if you can tell me right now, Amanda will quote Jim Morrison in her lifetime. I would have said, there's no way I'm not taking that bet. Well, I will say the reason why I know that is because in the um, eighth grade yearbook, my best friend, Elisa, that was her quote. Wait, what, is <laughs> what is it again? If ignorance is bliss, then wipe the smile off my face. And then Elisa's picture was just like, ding. What oh does that God. mean? If ignorance is bliss, then I'd rather have knowledge than be blissful. I'm going to see if Jim Morrison said this, because honestly, I bet you he didn't. My senior quote was, I don't think you're ready for that jelly. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Or this jelly, rather. That's good. Mine was feel the vibes. It's a Spice Girls quote. we're similar. Yeah. (laughs) That's something a little lighter. (laughs) Then Then wipe the smile off my face. Most of the time when I know a secret, I start like 
decombusting. Like, I, I'm not. So, I, I can. I can keep your secrets, but I don't really want to. I don't want to know I them. See. I don't want to be stuck with that okay. moral dilemma. People so, are saying it's a rage against the machine lyric. <laughs> I don't. Honestly, I don't. I've never fact. Yes, I dwell in hell, but it's a hell that I can grip. <laughs> I try to grip my family, but I slipped. Did you write Jim Morrison, though? Mm, let me do that. Okay, so then the alternate quote is from The Great Gatsby, and it's from Daisy, and she says, the best thing you can be in this world is a beautiful little fool. And, mm-hmm. and that's not verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call her. <laughs> Let's see what she really has to say about that. Yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not somebody like, desperately wants to know people's secrets or like the secrets of uh, of the universe no like i i remember like as a kid i was like what's the point of life and my mom was like you get to come up with that and i remember being like what <laughs> what and there's no answer you just have to figure it out for yourself oh. everyone's life is different but what about knowing that there's extraterrestrial life eventually everyone would know no no never i don't know i mean okay here's the thing like i think if it's something like extraterrestrials and stuff and i will not know that i ever knew that stuff you know i'm not gonna miss what i never knew Mm -hmm. right um which i think is another jim morrison quote um just kidding uh but if it's something else like something that i've always dreamed of having that's another question right because like that's like something where it's like what would you give up to have the opportunity to live a certain kind of life but then I think to myself, but then I'm still living that certain kind of life without the people I love now. I I understand what you're saying. I think it does depend on like what your nature is. You know, some people really do want a purpose mm-hmm. and want like to <laughs> not be you. a part of something. <laughs> well, yeah, but then there's some people and I don't know which one I am. There's some people who like want a small life, you know, and it's it's not small. I mean, it's like. It just depends on what you want. Keep your judgments to yourself. <laughs> yeah. What would be the thing that would that would make you question? Okay, so if someone came to me, like I don't know what it would be. Um, I'm gonna just go. Off, I'm gonna say it involves a roasted chicken. No, no. Wait, what are you asking me? <laughs> I'm just asking like the perfect life. Like, what would you be living? The perfect life where you would give up what you have now to be able to do this other thing. Oh well, okay. But if they were like Amanda, you can go like live in a farmhouse and like roast, roast chicken. chickens, <laughs> but you can't ever see your husband again. I'd be like, no. <laughs> What evil witch? But this, if someone came to me, if like a wizard came to me and they were like, when, sorry, when a wizard comes to me and says, Amanda, you're the chosen one. Only you can solve global warming and save the generations to come. But you can never see your family or like loved ones or cat again. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do? What do you do? That's hard because I would feel flattered. Oh, I just remembered my other little big one that I was thinking about in the car, which is about like, how do you handle not being friends with people anymore, which totally ties back into this. Like, Mm. you know, those friends you were friends with for a long time, and then you realize it's not a healthy friendship anymore. That is such such a painful thing to handle. But also, eventually, you just get used to not being friends with them anymore. Well, that would be one of the perks of taking this deal is that it would also isolate you from all the people you don't want in your life. Right, right. Because there are really only like five that I don't want to say goodbye to. And you're still friends with them, but you're like just my future husband, my mom. I, I guess see two. What you're saying. <laughs> I, see, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant friends that you're over, but no, I I know it would. To me, it's I've 
if I were Will Smith, I don't remember if he has a relationship. I don't think he does. I think he's kind of a loner, like a lone wolf. Okay, that's hard to believe. <laughs> I know. Scientology. <laughs> uh, he's out of that now, I think. No. Is he? No. No. <laughs> Watch the interviews. He skirts the question. Oh, if I just did. The, I just did this like a week ago. Oh, oh! <laughs> it's also kind of like what they do when you join the Taliban or something. I think what um, is that they want you to isolate yourself from your old oh. life and your friends and family. If I were a lone wolf and I didn't love my life, I'd be fine with like cutting off my family. I think to for the greater good. But I'm since I'm in a marriage, it's like you kind of sign a contract that says like I'm going to be here. Yeah. So me, Amanda, I don't think I could join the men in black. Yeah. I got people relying on me. Mm. I don't I just don't think there's anything worth knowing that's worth knowing alone. But you would have your men in black that friends. Beautiful. That was nice. Wasn't and who that? said that? That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. It's uh what what did you ask me? Um, but you would have your you, you said that gorgeous quote about nothing worth <laughs> something worth knowing what did you say <laughs> i said there's nothing worth knowing that's worth knowing alone okay but you would have your men in black cronies yeah but what you you're unable you're dealing with something kind of under the umbrella of the men in black world you're not helping i mean i guess you are you're helping saving people. the universe the galaxy i guess Pres- jesse does that make a difference yeah in people's lives honestly i was gonna say things are starting to change for me wow i think the and when you were talking about global warming too like i don't i don't know that it's my like sole purpose in life but i think if i had the opportunity to save the world i'd be like I'll I'll be saving all the people I love, the five people. Yeah, there's more than five, I promise. Okay, uh, yeah, you say I, so. I think that's an interesting thing to discuss. Is like if given the opportunity, are you morally obligated to, like, kind of sacrifice your own happiness to save the galaxy? <laughs> the galaxy, <laughs> all the planets. Maybe. I I mean maybe. maybe if you can if you think you can do it. I think you kind I'm of so have stressed to out. do it. I'm honestly getting really, I'm like sweating, <laughs> getting know. really stressed out about it. I, know, I think about this too, like within the Bible, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Bible. Sure, yeah. Like when an angel comes to Mary and he's like, okay, you're going to have this baby that's going to like save our souls, but everyone's going to like try and stone you. And then what did Mary say? Mary said, um, bring it on. But yeah, she did it. <laughs> okay let's do it <laughs> right i mean yeah did she did he say they were gonna stone her well that's what happened they wanted to stone her she couldn't prove her virginity oh mm. what kind of a virgin gets pregnant <laughs> well you can't get pregnant from sitting on a toilet seat no what I'm just kidding. <laughs> in a public restroom uh, you can <laughs> i don't well maybe that was trying the- to figure out how to lovingly tell this story but i have a family member a distant family member they're not even in my family and uh i'm trying to not make <laughs> we'll cut it we'll bleep it out sure uh she had a child when she was very young and then years later got married and had more children but she's very catholic and she has a lot of guilt about that first baby that she had and i was once talking to her about her life and you know the overarching themes of her life and she just went into this like long story about how her first child was a splash pregnancy and i was like what's that and she was like well i was at a party and i was wearing a skirt no 
And I started making out with a boy and he was like rubbing up against me. And at a certain point in her exact, her exact term was at a certain point, he all over me. And that's how I got pregnant. She said she was wearing a skirt and she got pregnant because he's like on her. God, I mean, uh, maybe it but is did possible. You her? I, I feel very conflicted because it is no, possible. I don't believe her. They can crawl in. I don't believe. I don't believe that at all. She had underwear on and she got pregnant. Did she have underwear on? She said she was wearing a skirt. She was a proper Catholic girl. Like, of course, she was wearing underwear. <sighs> but maybe they were crotchless. <laughs> <laughs> but splash pregnancy, and then I have obviously started googling it, and there's yeah. so much literature about the splash pregnancies. Uh, really, people yes. say it can really happen. Well, no. Mm. But it, uh, it's a term. It's, a, it's an wow. old wives' tale. Wow, wow. Um, but this is interesting because if we're saying that you're morally obligated to answer the call when it's like about like going on this journey to save the world, then shouldn't we all just be trying to do that like day to day in our real lives? Well, you should be living as best you can for the. I mean, no, not everyone has to. So there was this house episode. I don't know if you guys Love remember. House. Oh, I was obs- remember when I was obsessed with house. Yeah, I was obsessed with house. I would like die to be on it, mm-hmm. and now it's not around anymore. And so my dream is just forgotten. But in twenty years, the reboot, maybe yes. sooner, actually. Good yes. Point. Anyway, there was this one episode where there was this guy who just could not stop donating organs to people because he was going. <laughs> you talked about this a lot. You've talked about this at least three times on the podcast, I think. <laughs> it stuck with me because he like he was like, I can give this to people like I can. I don't need this. Stuff. Oh, this is actually making me sick. <laughs> I have multiple times thought that I was waking up and my organs were being harvested. It's happened multiple times. <laughs> Do you think times. you've been abducted ever? Um, no, but I was getting my IUD switched out uh-huh. and I passed out in the middle of it and I woke up and I all, and I brought my boyfriend with me and I looked up and I saw him and I was like, well, if he's here, what's happening? Then he I must really, be. Then he I must was be really my captain. freaking out and I thought that they were harvesting my organs. I was like out of it and confused sure. and I had totally mm. blacked out and then I was like on a hospital bed and I was like... <gasps> don't take it oh my <laughs> wow but uh i also like woke up in a i got very drunk once and woke up in a dorm room and i was like where where have they taken me my oh reaction my, my reaction is never oh i walked here yeah it's where have they taken me <laughs> and where are my organs but quick note on house did you ever notice how like 40 percent of the episodes end in lupus yes of course it's all lupus it's all, well it's always a question it's always it could number be one lupus uh, so anyway explain what happened in so this. the so house had to go in there <laughs> and had to go look because he wanted to like give up his heart or something like that. And he was like, I don't need it. I'm I'm happy to give this to someone else who needs it. I that's what I want. And it's like Ugh. at what point is the selflessness of someone well, not it not necess- not not being selfless but being like irresponsible or it's a death death wish exactly and so when it comes to like how much do you give of yourself in your life for the betterment of society or the betterment of other people i think there is a balance there i know because it's like otherwise we'd all leave our families and go join like the peace corps but all your families would come with you I know Matt doesn't like to really travel like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's more of a hotel guy. Yeah. Well, no, but we wouldn't all be living in houses. We'd all be, you know, we wouldn't be, we'd, we'd all be living off the land. I don't know. It's really, it's really a difficult choice. 
Well, this is why in movies, when someone does get the big call, like Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and the Hobbit, Dorothy. Dorothy, Dorothy, or Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, exactly. You get that's when we all go oh my god are they gonna answer the call and you know what they always do they yeah, always it's a movie they refuse at first mm. and they go i can't do it i'm just one person and then they go but you know what maybe i can mm. and then they do and then a bunch of shit happens along the way and they might die and i haven't seen the last harry potter or read it so don't tell me if he dies but i think maybe <laughs> he does <laughs> <laughs> but no spoilers on that it's late it's i know too late. i know i actually i've seen it but i don't remember <laughs> you don't know when he dies in the end <laughs> so anyway i think not everyone is called to greatness some people live lives of small of of of, of minor um um uh, victories hey there gotta be someone for the other people to save Yes. There we go. I There's got to be, be. I want to vi- be one of those people. You want to be one of the victims? <laughs> Alone. No, just someone who got chickens. saved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be a victim, not a savior. I don't know. It, it is hard, though, because I would love to know the. Um, the secrets of the universe like that would be really it's really enticing to me mm-hmm. but it is something i have to discuss with my husband and get back to you about <laughs> does it make a so in, in but the question of how much are you morally obligated to give up of your own life if called to action for something greater than yourself how 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 morally obligated are you it would really depend on the thing. I think for me, I, don't, I just I keep going back and forth with being like the secrets of the world. I can't decide whether or not I care about saving the world. Sounds kind of fun. Getting my own selfish dream to come true sounds great. Yeah. Wow. Your priorities are really clear. Yeah. <laughs> if I could just think they're right, but they're a successful clear. theater actor in London, <laughs> I'll drop it all. Right. If you want me to like learn how to fly and save the world, maybe I'll go. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy because if we all were do, if we all were selfless people, we'd all want to be doctors, or we'd all want to be, we'd all want to, and we wouldn't want to get paid for it. We'd want to give all our money to charity. I mean, you do think like there's so many people with so much wealth, and they don't give it away. They like buy private planes. Oh, God. isn't that crazy? Uh, well, this is like talk about like it was I think our first season the Cape Berlant episode where yeah. she talks about how disgusted she is by really rich people yeah. like building themselves like these huge bomb shelters. Mm. Uh, yeah, it is. It is crazy, but it's just part of human nature where you just have to balance whatever your life is. You balance it out. If I were Will Smith in the movie and I didn't have much going on and I was dissatisfied in my life and I got Go. this call, I'd be peace out, mom yeah, and dad. Sure. Like, sorry, your son's dead. Yeah. Is that what they tell them? That I think it's like they have to fake their own death. I don't remember. But um, I would totally <laughs> have to personally figure out how to fake their own death. <laughs> Just YouTube it or Google it. Uh, but me right now at this stage in my life, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's the other thing. Most of these stories we're talking about, they're coming from pretty bleak circumstances. Like Harry lives under the stairs in a little cupboard. And then they're like, you're a wizard. And he's like, a flying car. I will say the exception to that rule, and I think you're generally right, though, is Frodo. Because um, Frodo was like loving living in Hobbit land. Mm, he was. It, it was really nice there. Yeah, he had this perfect little life. Um, little, uh, and you're not kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I guess you don't hear about kind of heroes that are picked from a perfect, perfect life or just a life that's like really nice. I mean, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see a character from like a Nancy Myers movie be asked to leave, yes. leave her kitchen to go save the yes. world. And she just couldn't. I mean, would, would just like a Meryl type, yeah. just being like, "Well, I'm making these blueberry muffins. And I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year." <laughs> and not. I mean, what do you? I mean, that. My God, what a dilemma! Leaving your Nancy Myers Cape Cod home. Yeah, it's Men in Black, but with Meryl. Final, well, final thoughts about this. Yeah, I I say I I say no. I probably wouldn't go. Um, but that also it's because I'm afraid of change. What about you, Jesse? You wouldn't. It depends it's on what so it is. So specific. Like if I'm supposed to go in into Will Smith's shoes and I'm like living this kind of sad life as a police officer, yes, I take on For the challenge. Sure. If I'm myself and I have an, a Prius that I love driving sure. and a house that I like going home to and some nice people in my life that I enjoy and you're asking me to like cut them all off so I can look at aliens, not interested. If you're asking me to cut them all off to go do theater in London, right. I might say sayonara. Sure, and I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, for me, I, I kind of agree with both of you where I, at this stage in my life, although it would be nice to be useful, <laughs> I I just think because I'm married and um, I think I would just hate doing that to my family. And this just goes to show like how easily it is to put the people you know above, you know, the general population like in any moral dilemma we touch on it's always like would you save your daughter or a hundred random strangers on it's a bus. like yeah. yeah right and the, this comes down to a lot but like our human impulse and this is actually a good thing because we're protecting our own tribe is to like stick with your people and like mm-hmm. protect what you have and yeah. um, that's kind of a good impulse that i i think i would do that um i would not leave my family to do theater in london <laughs> To be clear, neither neither would I, but it does sound very nice. You guys are missing out well, on my fantasy. Maybe just for six months yeah. and then I'd come home. Yeah, mm-hmm. a six-month uh, run at the Old Vic. Oh, great. <laughs> Doing uh, the prime of Miss Jean Brody. A play I did in high school. Oh, my God. Miss Brody. <laughs> oh. Um, all right, should we move on to our dear big one? Yeah, have you sent it? Yeah, I sent it to your email address. Which one? Amanda at. Okay, I think I got it here. A really big one. Oh, here we go. Okay. Dear big ones, I desperately need your help. I live in a really small rural community. My parents are farmers. I love living here because I get to do whatever I want outside and I'm homeschooled. So I study whatever I want. Unfortunately, I'm not sure I'll be able to be homeschooled forever because some members of our small community are thinking of setting up a school and making this place a proper town. The only building they're currently thinking is an industrial baking factory that makes muffins. Oh, no, is if this a I, lie? This is a fake one. If I eat muffins for the rest no, of my life, they'll never go out one. of business and I won't have to go to school. What this, should I do? No, I'm sending a new one. That's a liar. This is a joke, uh, Jesse, because in, in our intro, Maria says, would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it means I never have to go to school? And then sometimes people try and trick us. Mm-hmm. Wait, but I'm still confused. Why would the structure in eating the muffins result in not having to go to school? Yeah, oh, she's saying says, if she keeps the muffin factory running, then yeah, she, then she yeah, won't have to go to it's, school. it was a joke. You know what? We do love how creative our listeners are, and that are. comes in from Taylor. So Taylor, that's, shout out. That's cute. Okay, the, here's one. 
Dear big ones, there is a cashier at my local Trader Joe's advertised as the universe's smallest Trader Joe's that I think is very cute. We had a couple of small, friendly conversations um, when I'm checking out, but it's not like we know each other's names or anything. It's on his shirt. Yeah. (laughs) One hot. That's the first hole we found in your story. (laughs) Is this from Taylor again? Damn it, Taylor. (laughs) One hot summer day, I was walking around the neighborhood and I happened to end up standing behind her on a street corner. (sighs) It took me a second to recognize her, especially since she wasn't in her typical TJ attire. Instead, she was wearing a light beige flowy dress and a black thong. Wait, what? I I love that style. The dress was see-through enough that I could easily see her underwear. Oh. I don't think she saw me and I didn't say anything. I know a comment on how great her booty looked would go too far and I'm embarrassed that I even noticed and that I'm telling a podcast about it. (laughs) She's putting it up. I mean, I'm sorry. She wants you to look at it. She doesn't want you to touch it or comment on it, but but she wants you to look. But should I have let her know that her underwear is visible through her dress? Is that a got you girl or would it feel like I'm implying she should be ashamed for something she's not not to mention the creepy factor of a kind of schlubby guy like me mansplaining how to cover her ass in public thanks love you and love the show bashful butt watcher in boston p.s i haven't gone through her lines since the incident whoops it's not an incident it's called style it's just style my very good friend has stopped wearing uh opaque clothing she only wears see-through clothes really with underwear like matching underwear sets that you can always see now isn't that something though that when you do dress like that it's so sheer that it's like obvious that you want yes it to show so this may have been a fashion error or not either way it's you don't say anything no. she's because what is she gonna do she's out it's just the same you would say the same thing that you would say to somebody in an opaque outfit. You'd, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love your outfit. But you don't even say that because then that's, you're even bringing attention to it. I mean, you just, you could have either, if you wanted to say hi to this lady, that's fine. But maybe under the circumstances, because you had noticed that you felt uncomfortable. Yeah. It was the right thing to just ignore it. You, you don't want to, it's, it's the same thing as like saying a woman's pregnant which you know, just because she's gained a few pounds or something, you don't want to assume anything that you don't know unless it's like she's got toilet paper in her hair just leave it leave it even there it could be style. yeah it could well, be it's style in her hair it's a little i don't know i don't know I, I don't know if it's out of her pant leg then you should say something yes um, but even then he shouldn't because then he loses all chances of ever getting with her yeah if you're just trying to flirt i say you just go like oh wow she, yeah i can see her a thong and then you go hi it's so good to see you you yeah. work at trader joe's don't you oh, yeah my name's kevin what's your name right mary oh my god that's my sister's name i love the name mary and then you know you take it as a little freebie that you got to have a little peek a little preview that's, yeah that's fine yeah you can look but you don't touch or you don't comment on anything intimate like that about a woman um i had an experience once when i was a hostess at this fancy restaurant where i was wearing this black diane von furstenberg wrap dress that was my uniform Beautiful. oh uh, it was gorgeous my god. I amanda oh my god think about this dress it did they give so it to elegant. you or did they make you buy it they gave it to me oh, but it was a hand-me-down god. from the other hostess did it smell and then, you, then you you're wore, good. You wore it every night. You were there every night. I was my uniform. Where was this? This was at. Oh my god! This is the craziest restaurant. I forget what it was called. It, it was, was on Melrose Place, wasn't on it? On Melrose Place, and it was like this Joe Klipka. He's this like crazy commercial director. He owned it. Um, I forget what it was. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I don't Joe know Klipka. If that's his name. Anyway, but it was. I forget what it was called. It was this amazing restaurant with all these birch trees that grew up through it. It was like 
it was like they had like 20 tables and we only sat 20 people a night and you had like a $600 dinner. It was crazy. But I um, was standing once over a floor light and I didn't realize this. (laughs) So the light was like illuminating my dress from underneath. And I forget if it was a guy or a girl, but someone did come up to me and say, honey, like, you know, you're exposing yourself. And I appreciated that. All I had to do was take a little step to the side. Sure, sure. But that's different. Yes, that's a little step to the side. But, you know, you're seeing a girl on a street corner okay so what if she didn't know that she was showing her undies what's she gonna she's gonna get a cardboard box put it around herself and, run <laughs> and then she gets stopped on the street yeah. excuse me ma'am where'd you get that yeah. <laughs> i love your style i also think if it's a if it's a woman noticing that a, another woman might yeah. have yeah. forgotten to zip up her pants that's one thing yes if it's a dude just you keep your mouth it. shut. You guys have said enough. Like, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, and yeah. now that I think of it, I'm almost positive it was a woman that told me I was illuminating myself <laughs> <laughs> from the inside was, out. She's, she's just a light. Because if it were a man, yourself from the inside out. <laughs> she's lit from within. I glow. What can I say? If it were a man, I would have found that really aggressive and I would not have liked it. I had an experience actually at Trader Joe's the other day where I was passing a girl and her um, zipper was a little bit open at the top in her jeans, but they were like, I couldn't tell if it was a fashion choice. It was this, wasn't it? It was like that. Yeah. These just won't zip all the way up. Even if I zip them like like this. But would you want someone to tell you? No. No, that's Not unless it's like all the way down like this. Yeah. Then I want to know. But if it's like there, I'm okay. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I didn't say anything, but I did have this thought of like, do I tell her? No. Do you have any I got you girl stories? Those are are stories. There's so many. Okay. Well, recently, also, I had to deal with this in therapy because I was like, am I, is my empathy getting in the way of my life where I'm like, Uh, I'll go out of my way for a stranger. So. But here's an example where I think I did a good thing and I don't have to beat myself up over it. Okay. I was at the airport and for years in college, I would find myself in this predicament where I'd put as much stuff as I could into my suitcase and then check it. My mom would always give me like 20 bucks to be able to check the bag. And then they would be like, it's over. It's overweight. So you have to give us more money. And I would be like, I don't have it. And sometimes it would work out because I would just Mm -hmm. be like, little old me like my look there's nothing in my pockets yeah and they'd be like whatever go ahead but then a couple times i got stuck with someone who was like so take open up your suitcase and take the heavy stuff out wow and uh and then you're stuck with like a bunch of shit that you didn't want to have to carry onto the plane okay so the other month i was checking a bag and the girl next to me had her grandma with her and her grandma was like i have to go move the car it's gonna get towed here here's 20 bucks and the grandma run, ran away and the girl goes to put her thing on the weight or the scale and exactly that situation happened and she was like, I only have $20 and the woman was like, we'll open it up and take some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So she opened it up and she had like so many books in this suitcase and like Aww. a big jewelry box and she was like, all right, take take the speaker and all the books and the jewelry out. And so she like took all this stuff out and then I watched her kind of do the math of like, wait, I'm going to walk through the airport with like seven books and me i learned my lesson when i was her age and so i always have like a little extra bag stuck in stuck in the front of my thing so i pulled out the little like tote bag and i gave it to her and i felt so good about myself and i was and she was just like how much do i owe you and i was like nothing girl i got you oh yeah that's nice how great to be able to help someone and then you saw on the news that that a rich man had been robbed of his jewelry box and books (laughs) or the plane the plane crashed (laughs) 
<laughs> At least she had those books to read on the way down. Yeah, that's true. That's very nice. That's a classic I got you, bro. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Very proud of you. So, Jesse, where, what, do you have anything coming out? You have your Apple show coming out. Yeah, it's called Mythic Quest. There's another part to the title, but I just call it Mythic Quest. Raven's Banquet. Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. But it's just Mythic Quest to me. And it's on Apple, and there's no date for it. Okay. And then I have a movie called Valley Girl coming out, which also has no date. Wait a minute. Is that the one with... Mm-hmm. I, okay, for what number one, my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies is Valley Girl. Is this a remake of Valley Girl? Yeah, it's like Whoa. a musical remake. <gasps> and two, fun. Jake Paul's in it. Logan Paul. Logan Paul is in it. Now, Logan Paul, Amanda's confused eyes are on. And what I'm going to tell you is he's a, he's a, a Vine star. Oh, no. That got in a lot of trouble. For his, is what he was talking about. What was he talking? He was talking about a suicide forest. Oh, yeah. He found a dead man hanging in a Tokyo, uh, Japan suicide forest and he filmed it. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, I got and you, girl. And so they delayed the release a little bit, right? Yeah. But now it's coming out. I've been told. I was told in an audition from a, a director completely unrelated to the movie that it's coming out. Well, that's great. Because yeah. I think he'd be perfect in that role. He's great in the movie. I bet. Yeah. And it was he plays like the jock to work with him. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, mm. lots of pranks. Oh, I'm he's sure. a real prankster kind of guy. You know, people are always like, "So were there fun pranks on set?" And you're like, yeah. "No, we were at work, and nobody here is a sociopath." Logan, <laughs> Logan <laughs> he brought he brought like a a dove to work one day and let it loose in the hair and makeup trailer <laughs> and smashed it with a hammer. And everyone was like, "That's unsanitary. Get it out of here!" And we were, I was just like, "This is fun." And so then, he's nice. He's got a heart of gold. Yeah, he was. He, it was fun. Yeah. Sounds like an erratic personality to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but an erratic personality is fun until it's not. Totally. Yeah. He's also like incredibly confident, which I feel like I learned a lot from. Okay. Like, he would never apologize, or at least not about like being confident. Like he would just be like, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, all right, let's do the we, thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. What a prince. Amanda. <laughs> I'm on. I'm. I'm open to Jake Paul being an uh, Logan. A Logan. <laughs> well, Jake Paul, I don't have an issue with. Jake Paul's the one who set off a fire that was like twenty feet tall in a residential neighborhood by, <laughs> yeah, p- I, like he put a fire in his pool. And what's and and it's who his pool yeah, exactly. Who does it harm? Anyway, so you've got Valley Girl coming out, your Apple show. And then where can people find you online? Do you want them I'm to? I'm on Instagram. My name's Janice Ennis. Mm, great. You guys can find us at the Big Ones Podcast at gmail.com to send us your big be- be- ones, your big ones, your dear big ones. Join our Patreon. Tweet us at the Big Ones Pod. Amanda, anything else? Uh, this was great. This was fun. Was I good? You're, You're great. <laughs> you were perfect. Oh, uh, real quick. I just want to say that on okay so on podcast uh data you can see where people are listening right uh-huh and so brazil. could you just go on create right yeah. now it's gonna be brazil so <laughs> brazil is like it's the like most active crazy. they're just the most active audience i i bet it's i didn't understand like i had been on one tv show and i got so many things from brazil and they're like please come to brazil come to brazil they're like, happy they've like, got their vitamin to show up they're to ready. brazil and walk around yes. like that's the, all they want and then yeah it's just gotten crazier and crazier as the years have gone on wow i get love letters from brazil is that true i don't get love letters from anyone other than brazil 
Oh my god! So do you want me to kind of go through and say? Well, where just we help like people? go to like one of the countries that's not America. Okay, like, we have forty nine listeners in Brazil, mm, but go have, to like a specific town because I want to know who's listening in these. Speci- should I go to Brazil or uh, Peru or whichever? I'm gonna vote for Brazil. Okay, okay. Go to Brazil. Just do them a solid. Okay. Oh, I see here. So we have seventeen people in Fortaleza. Okay, Fortaleza. If, if you guys are in Fortaleza, let us know. Uh, we have uh, four people in. S- Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Okay. Hello. Hi. Belém. Belém. Natal, Curitiba, uh, Angra dos Reyes, and one in Rio. Just Rio. one in Rio. If you're any of these people that are listening in this part of Brazil, please let us know. We want to put a name to the location. Yes, we have please. 16 people in Marrakesh. Okay. That's in if Morocco. You, if you guys are in Marrakesh, could you let us know? <laughs> we have okay you guys we have eight uh seven russian listeners where in no- russia novosibirsk and saint petersburg could you guys if you're we've we're now from now on in every episode we're going to name a town and if you guys are in that town you write in and we're going to talk about you next we'll prioritize your little yeah. big one yeah or dear big or just one. if you've you got go. something to say we'll let it be known mm-hmm. we'll shout from the rooftops your the your your good news brazil wow. wants us to come that's the main thing like brazil's <laughs> dying for it. all of us to come visit. that's something i never knew okay well this is really riveting. where are you looking now uh, japan i mean what town name a town name okay one. uh hiroshima one listener okay shout out to you hey Okay, anyway. Oh, great. This Wait, with great. This could, next time we'll go do more. Yeah. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, everyone, for listening to The, the Big One. We all say it together, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The, the Big One. Erios. Powered by ACAS. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.